Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we've decided to make this year episode a little bit of a drinking game. Drinking mm-hmm. good. So anytime you hear anything negative about anything, you're going to hear this sound. <clears throat> that sound means that we have to take a drink, and we hope you drink along with us. So, pour yourselves a glass and... Jeez, what what can you say about this? I don't even want to make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, guys. We're gonna take our pre-show, pre-show shot. Pre-show shot for anyone listening on two times speed. This almost doesn't happen. All and right. we'll provide you with subtitles okay. for whatever Jeff says later. Well, we are. <laughs> we are <laughs> right on the back of a we shot. Are, we are. <laughs> We are what I hope well, is the only beer-drinking tar podcast. <laughs> We're the what? only one. They're like, let's get beer and talk about tar. Let's go, fucking Ma- fucking Mahler Five. Let's re- let's rock and roll. John, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Mahler symphony? I know you're a big Mahler fan. I am a big, big, big Mahler fan. Uh, it's three, five, and nine for sure. In, in that order? Uh, probably, but no. No, not necessarily in the order. Don't make me choose. But yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. I'm obsessed with Mahler. Huge, <laughs> All right, huge people, we're talking about Tar. This this film is currently in limited release, so if it is in a wide release, then you are hearing our episode in the future, which I guess you are anyway. Future, future, future. Try to keep it light here at the beginning because uh, this, this movie is um, talks about some big things, but it really is a Cate Blanchett in every frame kind of movie, so kind of a character study. We'll get into it in a second, but first let's shout our people out. John! Sounded like there was something else you were saying. No, <laughs> Carlos <no>. Barroso. <laughs> Carlos Barroso is our beer sponsor. You can find that guy on Instagram, cbarroso.beer, C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O dot beer. And the artist that provides all the music for this episode, every single episode of every podcast we have ever done. His name is Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N, and the music is available for free on all the major music platforms. Mm. Like, follow, yeah. subscribe, all the things. Do, do, do the same to us. Well. Do the same to us. We're following oh, yeah. him too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Follow, follow us too. Go to our link tree. Us. Yeah. Go to our link tree for any, for anyone, and follow all of us. For anyone stuff. watching on YouTube, it's, it's over there. It's right it's just, over just there. Is it down I think it's there? there? I think like, it's that way. We'll find out okay. when we upload. Okay, My brother, by the way, you guys, he told me the other night, big fan of the show, because he's already listened to, you know, to every episode mm. you know he, he likes to follow along he started watching some of the episodes that he really enjoyed listening to and he said he's having a whole a fucking brand new experience he's having a great time watching them so give it a shot yeah. people check us out i forget so, we stream to youtube so, all the time i some, forget that you can see me so <laughs> yeah some, some of the facial expressions are priceless oh i'm sure i'm like doing disgusting pigment i'm sure i, oh, I no. forget honestly Jimmy, nobody's picked their nose on the show if anybody picks uh, anybody picks their nose we, no we fake a video sunshine. break uh, that is that is there is no way that that is not true. no i'm saying no one's seen anyone pick the nose on this show uh, a, a glitch yeah, happens sure, if sure. when a nose pick happens uh, oh, yeah, yeah, except yeah, right now that. he's one for free Dave right. edits out our nose picks. We're talking about a very highbrow mm. film, and we're figuring right. we talk about boogers before we start talking about this. I mean, look, she's 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 a puffed up character, that Kate Blanchett character, Lydia Tarr, but um, she's also she's also she also fucks around with NPR. She knows what she knows what the kids are saying. She's staying with sure. the lingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we're, we're, we are going to talk about this film without much delay. But we always get our gripes of the week. So oh, wait, just... I have an anti-gripe. An anti-gripe? Yeah. 
Um, All right. Once, I, once we get through whatever this section is, people, I promise you we will talk about Tar. But we got to hear Dave's answer. No, no, so can just, we set the timer? I just read. Oh, well, I, I'm not going to set the timer for this. It's very quick. I just read uh, the series Frasier sure. is getting a Blu-ray yeah. release finally. But they're not doing the. They didn't do the Blu-ray release off the tape edits. They've gone back because the show was captured on film, and they've rescanned the film and re-edited the show. So you're getting a straight from film print to Blu-ray print of all of these fucking episodes and the series is great it's like hilarious and clever and, and wow. fun so yeah hooray for you know putting the work in damn yeah that's good for them dude i watched <laughs> frazier <laughs> yeah sure i love that Give show it it's fucking amazing yeah man i watched like all of it last year at frazier. some point yeah man that was a real wonderful throwback so must see tv for you gripes uh, gripes gripes i have one Oh, my God. oh, wow. There we go. All right. We're going to start the timer now. Fuck you, Amazon scanner text people. The people who are fucking scamming people by texting you and saying your package is not being delivered. I'm getting yeah. more and more texts. My girlfriend's getting them. Other people are getting them. Emails, people are yeah. clicking on the link. Give me a fucking break, dude. You guys need to shut the fuck up. It's not even close either. You're mentioning products that like no one has come close to ordering in their order history. Yeah, that flashlight was I, not I, mine. I, I swear, I swear. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you people can burn in hell. So that's that's all I have. Leave my phone alone. Wow, I just, I just get emails. You get texts. Yeah, they've started with the texts now. I've, I've got a couple of them. They're. Uh, I don't they, think I've ever gotten an email. They will get. Oh, I've, I've got. Text. I've got both. Um, my, my my like I have a Florida number, so I get all of them. Because they Shit. yeah they think oh Florida's where the old people live they they'll fall for this. All right. Well, I was debating which gripe <laughs> on my uh, list of gripes here to do, but I think John's going to help me segue into this one. All right. Go there ahead. Set go. the timer. Okay. Any company, any app, I should say, that when you want to cancel it, you have to speak to an agent. You can go fuck yourself. Okay. I had serious radio because I had a three month free trial. Of course, this is how you get people to come on. And guess what? I never used it. I don't use serious radio very often. So I tried to cancel it and I had to talk to an agent and not even that there is nowhere to even say cancel. So like I'm like going through the help menu. I had to do it during regular hours. I had to do the text thing. I had to go through a robot to get to a regular person all because of their little fucking radio app. Because they baited me into a free trial. Like, literally, they were, it's, they so obviously are just trying to bait you into these things. But who do, who do they think they are? Are they a doctor? Are they a nurse? No, it's fucking app. Like, well, I don't understand why I need to speak to a human being to cancel a fucking thing. They make my life miserable all because I don't like their little fucking little radio app. Oh, my God, a little radio app? Who fuck yourself serious? There, I, there was another one, too, but I don't care what it was. Fuck everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, timing these myself now. Serious. Serious. One one radio broadcast we will never appear on, especially not now. I just just be be a, a <laughs> yeah. human. Stop being. No, I, I, get that. I get to, that. People, we we don't have to live in a society that does this. We can we can stand up Expect more. and we can demand our Congress people. This is bullshit. It's they are Congress. so obviously. What, what are they? A gym? Is serious radio a gym? That's like it's more inconvenient to cancel than just to keep paying twenty bucks a month. No, come on, stupid. <laughs> so good. All right. I, I have just the one, and okay. this this did happen to me after seeing the movie. Uh, I was on my way out of the theater with fully working escalators, <laughs> I should point out, uh, this time around, because I was at Lincoln Center. And uh, why do people exit a revolving door and then just stand there like they're the only person that door was made for? 
I hate it at the top of escalators, too. I mean, I hate I, so what, are you, what are you doing? You've just stepped outside. Oh, I'm safe from the, the revolving blades of the door. Now I'm going to check my phone. I have a conversation with the person next to me. I'm sorry. Me and two yeah. other guys are fucking coming in hot right behind you. You're about to get an unintentional hug, and then suddenly I'm the asshole. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback off that. I used to always tell my friends whenever they would come to New York City, Imagine there is always someone right behind yeah. you trying to get somewhere faster than you are. Just yeah. never stop. Mm. Never assume you can stop or it goes too slow. Yeah. God, I hate that so much. People who stop on the subway stairs. How about those fucking yeah, assholes? Yeah, yeah. Just I, I mean, like, right this the, is where I should stop and do right nothing. right at the bottom. What if a train's coming? <laughs> right I, I've definitely been like running oh, yeah. to get a train that's right there. And somebody's at the bottom of the stairs. And it's, I mean, I, I've done the, I've done the thing where I've like, like, just enough to just impact them. And then I've just whispered, oh, for fuck's sake, and then realized I was wearing my head noise-canceling headphones. I didn't whisper that. And yeah. <laughs> no, it's just round them into the train. Or sometimes you don't make it. Sometimes Look, the door closes. They'll be mad yeah, at you. Yeah. It's just like a scene in this film, Tar, that we're going to talk about. They'll say, fuck you. But deep down inside, they know that they're never going to do that again. You know what I mean? So they'll say, you're They'll say you're a dick. It was, this is, I'm, not, I'm not making a political statement about the movie. I'm just saying, like, they will say, fuck you, Dave, asshole. You're such a dick, and then they will never do that again. They will never stand at the bottom of the yeah. stairs. It, it was works. the happiest day on earth when I hit five years living in New York, and I was suddenly allowed to push them down the stairs. Okay, let's get into the <laughs> film here. All right, we, it's time yeah. to. Yeah. I've never done that. We're I've here. never done that. So we're talking about Tar. This film, limited release, um, has very good reviews from the critics who we love on this show. Fuck the critics. A show sort of an anti-critics. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Slipped out. IMDb's got 989 uh, reviews at a, at average of 8.2. So the people that are seeing this seem to be liking it. I imagine the people seeing it are people who are seeking it out. Um, and the critics probably have thought a lot of the... They, they, they've probably had some kind of conversation related to a lot of the themes presented in this, um, which we're going to get into, I'm sure, at some point. How do we discuss that in this interesting time that we live in? If you've seen this movie, you know what we're talking about. If not, don't worry. Stick around for a couple minutes. We'll be spoiler-free for about maybe five minutes from this point on. Can we get into the film, guys? Anything else? It's time. All right. So this stars Kate Blanchett, as I said. Um, Nina Haas, who I recognize. I think I just recognized her from Homeland. I couldn't know where else. Mark Strong in a small role. But this is really a vehicle for Kate Blanchett. Directed by Todd Field, which is this is his first film since 2006's In the Bedroom. No, Little Children. And he did In the Bedroom in 2001. I believe it's only his third feature film. Hmm. Those first those first two were both nominated for Oscars for writing and things. So he's, a, he's a written and directed this himself. Um, and something about the past 16 years, this is the one that he comes back with. I'm going to open that up in a second. But the, the brief IMDb description about what the film is before I pass it along for your initial takeaways and reactions is set in the international world of Western classical music. The film centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composer-conductors and first-ever female music director of a major German orchestra. I think they you should just, just gave get... us your NPR voice there. Yeah, I think, gave us the... <laughs> I think they should. I think they should just get rid of the word composer in that little description. But otherwise, I think yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, they would have <laughs> Carry on. I know. I know you have a filter set for my voice for my my plosives. 
I aimed above my I aimed above my microphone. Friends, initial takeaways. I know you're. Are you nervous? I can't tell. I can't get the the read on you guys to talk about this film. Mm. Beer beer drinking loose off the cup. John can go first. Pop pop the trunk, John. Uh yeah, I'll go. This is um I have never seen in the bedroom, which I, I want to see now. I I remember being very affected by little children. Uh, I kind of had a, an actor's brain at the time. I was still exclusively acting. I'm just going to so, put the first two points you I'm, made on TikTok out of context. <laughs> what did I, what did I, I've never just the titles of the movies in the yeah. bed. It's like I love little children in the bedroom. I, I, love, see. I, love, children. Yeah. I love little children. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, I deserve that. I deserve that. All right, no, that was good. That was good. Um, and I remember just thinking, just based on that movie, like he seemed like a very thoughtful actor's director. He is an actor himself. So I was, I remember being drawn to the performances pretty, pretty strongly from little children. Um, then I saw the trailer for this several months ago. Didn't think much of it since then, but I remember when I saw the trailer, I was like, well, fuck, you know, she's about to give a tour de force. So I was signed up and ready to go. Just thinking, I don't know what this movie's about other than I love classical music a lot. I almost became a conductor. I was, pursuing that pretty seriously for a while. I think this movie is going to be something I'm very interested in, and it stars one of the greatest actors of our time. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of went in thinking about that. I tried to not think about it after afterwards. There was a decent billboard campaign around L.A., but they did a really good job of not over-marketing. It was very word of mouth. People were talking about this movie a little bit in of a TV. cryptic kind of way. Yeah. Sorry? A little, little bit little of, bit TV, of TV marketing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went in. And I brought my friend Chris, who um, has been on the show a couple of oh, times, the assistant editor for Mandalorian. And uh, we that had fucking a <laughs> talking Chris. And we had a, we were both we were both very, very moved by this film. It is what's the best way to put this? Kate Kate Blanchett, I listened to a bunch of interviews with them just going to the festival circuit and stuff, just because I wanted to hear them talk about, you know, this is Kate anything, anything they could talk about. Sorry? Kate and Todd, right? Yeah, and all of them at some points. But uh, she said, and I thought this was such a good way to kind of paint like the kind of director that he seems to be, and especially with this film. She said, you know, he, he's, he's made so few films, and it had been so long since he had made one, and the projects that almost got off the ground that never got off the ground. She knew that he was going to be a very, that he is a very, uh, everything is very considered, all of his choices from the writing to the way the film is made and all that stuff. Now, of course, every director is for the most part. It's very, it's a very, you know, thinking job. You have to, you have to make a lot of creative decisions, but I know what she means when you watch the way that this story is told, the telling of it alone um, is, is so, so subtle. And I'm going to, I'm going to steal Chris and I had a big conversation afterwards and he made some good points. And that's one of my favorite things that we ended up talking about that he brought up first was the, there, there have been really great character driven films, you know, that we all probably love if you're a big cinephile. Um, but this one was what did such a good job of, of trying to deal with what ended up being very, um, accessible themes that are talked about a lot right now in our social zeitgeist. And yet this film in its telling never strayed from the subtlety of a character-driven drama. It, it stayed with mm, Tar. You're absolutely right. Which was so interesting. And that I have points ended on up that later. raising... Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, but it ended up raising an enormous amount of questions and it all came from her or the relationships and proximity to her. And I thought that was a very effective way to talk about it. It didn't end up feeling like an issue movie to me, which I, I'm like allergic to issue movies. Sometimes it's just like, that's just not my favorite way to talk about something. Get An me inside allergy. a person's that's a, that's perspective. A movie re- that's a movie reference. Sorry, back to you. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So I just thought, I thought it was very, uh, it's difficult, it's challenging. You are going to leave being like, shit, what do I think? When did I agree with her? When did I disagree? Am I bad? Am I good? Am I, you know, you're going to be asking these wonderful questions and that's what it does so successfully. It leaves you, it really trusts you to deal and grapple with all of this stuff because she is just tar and you just kind of have to deal with her. I don't don't know. You can keep talking about it, but that was the initial Mm -hmm. overwhelming, holy (laughs) crap, what do I do with that film takeaway? Dave? I knew nothing about this pretty much when I went in. Like it was suggested a couple of days earlier and it's like, yeah, let's do it. It's, you know, it's John had homework yeah, that he had to do. So. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Kate Blanchett. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in automatically. Yeah. Um, I feel like I walked into my theater and I feel like every fucking music major in New York City was in my screening because the theater was For sure. packed. There are a lot of mine And too. I'm across yeah. from Lincoln Center. So like, you know, old and young, they're all there and it's packed. Yeah. And I can only describe the atmosphere before this movie started as like electric. Everyone was a little bit wow. buzzing. And I, I like I'm sitting there and I, I, it caught me and I think it put me in a very receptive mood. And I mean, I expected good things out of Kate Blanchett, but she took this thing and launched it into the fucking stratosphere. Like she just... It, it was already good. Like it was well-written. It was well-edited. This, this, I can't fault anything about it. I'm going to get into the shots later. Um, and she just elevated it and just became this other person. Like I thought I was watching a biopic. I did not know this was a work of fiction until I looked it up afterwards. Yeah, I thought I was watching a real person. Topic, yeah. And the, it, yeah. I, it was at some points I felt like I was watching a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That- Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Can you stop Whoops. pushing buttons? <laughs> I pushed a button. Jeff, um, Jeff, I, Jeff I you're, on the, you're on the wrong page. Go to the right page. Jeff just started the show all over again. Uh, I started the show. Well, last Wait, a couple of weeks it, ago. Is this the right? Is this the right page? That's the right page. Why? Why? Why okay. are you buzzing me? Um, I love this film. I, I love this film. I thought it was fantastic. I could not stop watching it. Um, I want to jump off of what you said too, just just really quickly. My audience was also larger than I was expecting yeah, for right. an independent film like this. Well, when I and book, it was a when very I, when I booked my ticket, there were ten seats taken. audience. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was intense. It wasn't the biggest theater in this AMC that I went to. It's a big AMC too. But it was big enough I and think, there were a lot of people there. And the only I don't know. People are talking about well, it in town. The too. funny thing is like the front it, it starts with front loaded credits, which is a bold move. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It was the last time you and, saw that. Yeah. With, with the um, weird weird music. And, I, I thought considering but, where the yeah, sorry but then it, it kind of forced everyone to settle in. But you could see some people in the audience, like because after that it goes into like a black screen for an, a pretty long time. And you can see some people sort of squirming. And I, I was like, they almost need the fucking Dolby projector. Yes, the projector is still on fucking slide because yeah. we're just sitting there in a black screen <laughs> hearing audio, which, you know, is just the essential yeah. body of the film. It's what it's about. It's what she hears. It's and about how a conductor. She, yeah. Come on. And uh, <laughs> which... A lot. Of, I feel. I felt like that was the only time when the audience was like, "What the fuck's going on? Like, what what are we doing here?" And then they start with that fantastic interview, and you just got like you grabbed, and I could not stop watching her. And I was like, "Like this is a film. Like this is nothing I would normally watch." 
and I could not stop watching right to the end. Yeah. And there was laughter at the end because yeah. a lot of people got that joke. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you. This it's, it's fu- it opens it's 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 funny that it, it sort of opens differently than than where a lot of the movie kind of sits and settles later on yeah because it sort of opens with this very very long interview sequence and then there's that teaching sequence sort of pretty not not immediately back to back but that i thought like that the whole movie was going to be these long like dissertation type things and and i was you know, i didn't know much about it i knew it was cape Blanchett. i knew that it was something european it was going to be set in europe i know she is an american but and then um that she's a conductor um and so i had a feeling it was just going to be a, a character study which i guess is the best way of describing this because you're right both of you are right it, it's like a biopic about somebody who's not actually alive yeah <laughs> uh, that, that borders on documentary um 100 and it is just a simple um basically first person character character drama the entire time um even though it has very slice of life elements through a lot of it slice of life in my you know for me basically means like not trying to rile you up for dramatic purposes i know some of the thematic elements sort of are deep and complex so that happens naturally but before we get there there's a lot of stuff that's just you know it's you're not going to waver emotionally for chunks of this film so to to have the trust that it's going to be engaging or entertaining enough Mm. just on this surface and that they're using very highbrow language i mean but in a way that probably is accessible i don't think that should turn too many people off and again it sort of ceases after the first couple moments but those first couple scenes they're talking about things that are that are heady and they're saying them in, in simplistic ways but using very big words that most people don't use um, but anyway, on the whole, I was fascinated and blown away. And mm. I agree. A, a part of me was like, I wonder if people are going to spend too by people. I mean, young people are going to spend too much time in the weeds trying to assume intentionality. And to me, the only like political statement I would make for everybody for everything right now is to let's not assume everybody's intentions for everything. Let's just like even if you hear somebody give an interview, just just re- relax you know they might have gotten whipped up and they might regret it or just just yeah. don't assume thing that you know these people so i was assuming that they would think a lot about the director not even the fact if, if they knew whether or not he'd made a film recently but given the nature and the context you know i, I would assume people think that the director is making a statement and maybe he's not maybe, maybe the, the the beethoven or sorry the bach thing where there's just like asking questions and that's what music I, is i feel no like answers. i feel like the statement music. was a natural progression though like it, it was like that became like it became a part of the story based on her choices and again you know we we just can't we can't verbalize exactly what the statement was without assuming that we might be very wrong yeah oh absolutely so so (laughs) i i I think that that's that's fascinating this is a film that i think he's hoping people discuss afterwards and i think it's bold that both of them both Kate blanchett and the director are aware that people on polar the on either polarity of of any number of the issues that are kind of thematically present Mm. i should say not necessarily directly there are some that are more direct and some are more indirect but that there are going to be people that are so sure about something about this film you know what i mean it's funny you should say that because like my revolving door incident after i got out the revolving door there were clusters of people everywhere just talking their asses off about what they just seen the first like, people in front of me that, as soon as it ended they yeah. shouted something that i'm not going to say yet because it's a spoiler but mm. i was like oh that's their takeaway and then they started to unravel yeah yeah like there was there were clusters of people on the sidewalk 
in New York, just standing there talking about yeah. what they just seen and you said and analyzing. And you said, get out of my way! Yeah, I'm like, get she the fuck out of my way! I'm trying to go home. <laughs> can we go? Can we go to spoilers now? I feel like Jeff, you can I feel tell like us we what should. they said. <laughs> Um, what did the first we're, okay we're going we're going <laughs> into spoilers and i i also have a question a little bit later about a, a music thing yeah. uh spoilers are on all right well well let's well I'll, I'll i'll ease into the spoiler section for those that are not listening that a lot of the things discussed include um cancel culture um um power does power corrupt? it does does a certain amount of privilege come with power um is it a is it an excuse is power an excuse for behavior? Um, why do we worship powerful beings? Why do we want to tear powerful beings down? Um, gender, obviously, this is the first female conductor of this. I don't think this is the uh, Berlin Philharmonic. That's not a. It's not a real right. This is they changed. It would be like instead of the New York Philharmonic, they called it like the New York Symphony Orchestra, right? Like I don't think that because in, in all of the the marketing, I'm asking you, John, because I figured you know. In all of the marketing, yeah, no. there are like a prestigious German orchestra but like in the movie they say it's the berlin philharmonic i think but it's no, probably it's them and that's the, that's really their concert hall and they're very very famous and so they're they're allowing them to use to discuss yeah. this issue in their film did you see oh. the thank yous like it was like lincoln center like concert halls all, all over the fucking world like they yeah they they went in for real I mean, that's okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just funny that in the marketing, they're just like a famous German orchestra. Cause if you just said the Berlin Philharmonic, I think people would know that that's probably a big deal, but anyway. Um, okay. So yeah. what the people said was she got what she deserved. It's the first thing they said was yeah. as soon as it said Kate Blanchett on the screen, who is apparently, that's apparently the first thing in the credit, not the end, not directed, not first unit director. It said Kate Blanchett and he got, they got, well, she got what she deserved. Well, that's. I, was like, I, I mean, I, I take obviously, I, I take issue with that. Take, but I take issue with that because, like everything they show in the film, they leave it just ambiguous enough, except for the emails, obviously that she sent, uh, belittling the the player, like the um, accordionist who killed herself. Um, like we're we're in major spoiler territory right now, but it doesn't affect the story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they left it ambiguous enough, and it was never really confirmed one way or another whether yeah i mean the the charges were justified it was it was they went took straight down the middle ground and let everyone take their own thing from it yeah it's actually brilliant because the, the assistant yeah. leaving you would you would think like i i can see somebody be like well the assistant left they probably were part of the deposition yeah blah, blah, blah. but they're filling in blanks this is what this is what i mean about like the only political statement i would make on this film because i don't have a public opinion about any of these issues um but um they we don't know. We don't know any of these things. They're filling in blanks. We, 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 you can't sit there and be like, well, the assistant left, so therefore the sexual accusations were true because we, we don't know. And, yeah. and yes, we believe, you I know, mean, and, and the, there were other little videos, but we want to believe survivors. In my opinion, the assistant do, left but because she was over, like, overlooked for the assistant that's what, position. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It was, it was yeah. Well, that and, and there was a, a series. There was the, uh, yeah, a history Yeah, there was a lot of, of emotional stuff um, involved with the emails back and forth. Yeah, and we do know that she was... Um, favoring people she was sexually attracted to. So there's probably a history of that. Yeah. There's, nothing illegal, there's nothing illegal about that. Maybe unethical, but nothing illegal. Nothing that should sink someone's I don't think there's any maybe career. about that. But uh, yeah. And again, not a political statement. I'm not I defending was, that. But, uh, but anyway, it's yeah, you, you can't... The, there's nothing definitive about it. But, but people are going to immediately assume the intention of the director or the actress and therefore... Say, well, I, I it has did, to be this because of that. I Sorry. did like the, the YouTube video that was obviously edited 
because we saw the I original mean, discussion. So, and then, almost, I think they but, did that on purpose. Yeah, it was like oh, stupidly edited. Also, nobody yeah. filmed in that room. We saw every angle of that room and nobody was filming. But also it was, yeah, I thought that was very well done in like, it is so easy to like edit someone saying almost anything you want. Yeah. I think that was the point of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think the filmmakers did a good job of if you bring, if you bring a desire to follow this character and not to come in with what you're talking about, Jeff, with that presumed intention, I think they do a good job to challenge you to observe yourself filling in those gaps. And is there a parallel to, to maybe the way that sometimes these controversies are portrayed right now in the public domain? We often hear the accuser's story immediately, and sometimes we never hear the story from the accused. Uh, just because he usually gets up handled legally, just like in the movie with depositions, and we might not, you know, be privy to that. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I think the final statement on that theme, and a lot of themes really get lifted out of this very organically. So this this is one of them, for sure. It, it's it, I think it's sad if people only walk out of the theater talking about this one, but it is it is a big one. The, one of the last lines of the movie when she's directing this this youth orchestra at the very end of the movie after her her downfall she says at thailand comic-con yeah she Mm. says what do you think the composer's intentions were so like the last question he says one last time to you just to fuck with you is do you really think i was trying to say something yeah it's good and is that part of our problem not problem i don't i don't even want to say that i have a perspective on it um in context of this movie but just as a as a commentary on where we are and how how we tend to deal and communicate or not communicate about these issues that are absolutely, you know, we need to deal with these things. We need to mm. confront these things as a society. But um, this, this, this notion of presumed intent, presumed uh, malintent, for, for lack of a better word, because I think at a certain point, if you are the kind of person that does assume that somebody who is in that position of power, of course they did this, this movie kind of ends for you about halfway. Yeah. So there's a, there's a way for you to continue going with it. And I'll just make this observation too. Just social little me and a random sample of whatever, also, 130 also, that's people a bad, in that movie That's a theater. bad way to take it too because but from that point, you're looking for justice. And if you're looking for justice, that's what a problem a lot of people have at the end of this film. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, I think that's, I think that's something. Sorry, carry that on. He yeah. raises all these questions. Mm. No, no, no. Um, I didn't go up and ask these people at the end of the movie, what did you think? But I noticed that when she was doing certain things uh, in the movie that had to do with her sexual attraction to somebody, they filmed it and Kate played it in such a way that when it happened initially, I heard laughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People like, <laughs> yep. look at, oh, look at her. She's going for it. With, with the eraser. Oh, when, when the eraser comes out with the blind audition, right? And she oh, was God, that's so fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those things where like, and and what does that do at the end of the movie when you look back on yourself? And I'm just going to say it because I think the biggest question that comes out of this whole movie is you are probably either someone who, and hopefully it's not binary, because I also think this movie does a good job of trying to say that you can't really think in a binary fashion about human beings we're, we're usually more than good or evil unfortunately i know that's hmm. inconvenient but we usually are more than that 
but you were probably either someone who agreed with what she was saying in the Juilliard scene or not. I mean, to, to support that statement, like, I'd quote Obi-Wan, only evil deals in absolutes. Hey, nice, dude. Good job. So yeah. I think that that was a, I think it was an, Jeff, I can't, let's get technical for a second because we're all on the same page about the theme stuff. I totally agree about the opening basic 20 minutes, which is a large interview. And there's a little bit of scene work in between. And then we get to this Juilliard thing. I'm not gonna lie. In the first couple scenes, it almost felt like, um, like it was being presented to us. There was proclamation of, we talk about music this way. Yeah. This is the way I talk about music. And it almost sounded like unnatural. Like, yeah, there were big words being used. And of course, I would imagine Tara is an intelligent person. And there are, I, I lived in that classical music world for a while. There are definitely people who are pretentious. They live in that world. They kind of feed off of that. They enjoy it. I enjoy the intellectualism to a certain extent. But the tone was so presentational that for a moment I was thinking, like, is the whole movie going to feel like this? Or are we going to get her grounded in some kind of humanity at some point? And I thought that the transition out of the Juilliard sequence, which was the first like really pokey form of tension, I still felt that, like we were supposed to believe That made me feel uncomfortable. Her. I was yeah. uncomfortable, yeah. but I still felt like, okay, we're supposed to be following her. She's such a leader. She's so strong. Yeah, she's, that's she the might thing. be they, right they, or wrong, but she's doing her yeah, thing. Yeah, they built her up and made you like her. And she's like, you know, she's got all these answers and she's this superior force and she's done all these things. And then she's a bit of an asshole in the, the Juilliard sequence. And you're like, hmm. Okay, I'm uncomfortable by this, but, you know, whatever. And then well, just, I, it just keeps going to that I guess path. I, just, I guess one theme that made me really, um, I don't even know if theme is the right word, but for me, there were two bookends in this in this movie. It was that opening scene, which, if I'm being totally honest, I know Kate Blanchett is too intelligent not to have done this on purpose. It almost sounded fake. It I thought, almost I sounded the same thing. with the close ups like, on her. Yeah. What's I happening? Something similar. It was really strange. It felt weird. The The interviewer didn't feel that way. And that, that guy's legit. He does that mm. for all. So that's his job. Uh, so that's his life. Yeah. yeah. This is job. So I, I, for, for, for me, there was a book in with that where I was like, what's happening? Like, I thought this was supposed to be grounded in reality. And then for me, it's that in the scene with her brother at the, towards the end of this movie, where she goes home for a small oh, yeah. reprieve, kind of retreats to her bedroom. There's nobody in her house. She's from fucking Long Island. We find out for just a touch, not enough, just a touch a little bit of where this person came from, working class, you know, Long Island home. And her brother says the line to her, I don't know, I think it sounds like you got a loose ends to tie up. I'll leave you to it. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, clearly you don't know where you came from or who you are and where you're going. So I also wondered if there was, it's not necessarily a theme, but the question was raised of, is it also something to do with the fact that people who tend to get mm. into these positions of power or genius status, anything that is going to give them status, is there also this element of pretend and they almost lose themselves in the game of themselves, I mean, the idea this, of this version of themselves. And they, they almost don't even feel accountable to who they actually are anymore. Um, I, I just, and again, there's no answer. I just thought he raised take, it really if you well. Take the, I kind of couldn't stop thinking take the about the genius out of it. Absolutely. Yes. Because like I went through the exact same thing um, in that you kind of, it, it's a cautionary tale of don't forget where you come from or you don't know where you're going. Um, but I, I did the same thing where I like, worked up my way up through the tech pool in Australia and I got to 
a fairly decent position and the ego involved with it and you start to become this personality and like i had to to be completely honest with everyone i did that and i adopted almost this character and it was the absolutely wrong thing to do i lost touch with everyone around me i like that sort of thing and it it's like the whole it literally is pride cometh before the fall which is which i'll say this though and tell me if you feel different from your own experience i really related to that well i guess there's you know in our world in the art world i'm just going to speak from from my perspective in, in like the filmmaking world like a lot of my favorite my heroes the ones who seem to to maintain some kind of some kind of grounded balance in their life. Everyone everyone's a little fucked up or a lot fucked up. So I'm not talking about things that happen in your personal life that aren't scandal worthy. Like everyone's allowed to have some bad things happen to them and for them to do some you know, to get well, into some bitch. Yeah, no, no, say that. no nobody <laughs> searched me on the internet. Not for your family. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But I feel like there's a there's a there's something that I noticed about the heroes that seem to find a way to sustain themselves. It's usually because they're grounded in the work. Like they they still love what they do and it kind of holds them accountable to so that they don't get too lost in that idea of themselves. Mm. If they get too lost in it, they'll fail and then they'll have to come back to the work and kind of yeah. build themselves up. But again. I, I kind of, so I, it's not that they, it is easy to it's suck not yourself that they in don't though. make her. No, no, I understand that. But I, they, I think they show that at the end that she still loves it so much. She's willing to go direct that, that, that silly thing at the very end. But I also felt like, which I really appreciated they didn't, I didn't see her get lost in just the ego of herself. She was working all the time. She was, she was so busy but, and disciplined. She wasn't accomplishing as much as she wanted with her writing, but I also didn't feel like she was not writing because she thought she was too good to have to write mm. again. But again, that's, you know that's, I mean? that's, that's like the thing. Quite, quite the opposite. That's the thing though, that yeah, I've learned yeah. from like my experiences. Like if you, if you embrace that so much, that that is all you focus on to the neglect of family, friends, everything. The show must go on. Like you, the work is everything and you sacrifice everything else. You come out the other end and you're missing some things. And it's, it's well, like, it's a, it's a very, like for me, that was a very, like that, that hit home. Doesn't hit real doesn't hard. She say that, doesn't she say that in the <laughs> film? Like you can't be called maestro your whole life without something, or you can't, you can't be called maestro over and over again without it having an effect on you. Cause you do, you are, they, she's, they make comments about like getting on the podium, you know, cause there's only one. And, and she hmm. makes the thing. It's like, it's not a democracy. Um, oh, yeah, but like, dude, this fucking episode is like therapy to me. <laughs> I know. Well, you put the, yeah. but you, you, yeah. you, you're not just putting on the coat, you're putting on the skin to, you have to, you are the maestro you're you, that's it. You know, there is, there is ego in the mm. position. And, and I mean, this is the artist dilemma too, which is another thing that this speaks to me and a lot of people, not just the themes, but, um, you, as an artist, you are in, you are in the service industry. If you are an artist, even if it's on your own terms to draw reference to the theater community is going through some weird shit right now. And honestly, really it's what the weird shit they're going through is just the fact that Twitter exists and just the fact that Instagram is essentially Twitter with pictures. <laughs> yeah. Ex except, when, just, except when they're shouting people, at people to turn off their phones and they're holding a well, captioning device. So the, and that's part of this <laughs> issue that, again, we don't want to make political statements about that necessarily on the show, but they're, they're bringing up things that happened before we had Instagram. So it's like, it's, it's almost impossible to equate these things because people talked so much shit about the Patty Lapone thing in 2009, but it wasn't public. It wasn't on Instagram. We just said it to ourselves and, you know, like then it went away. But because this is online now, all of a sudden it's like the whole public record is like trying to let burn Broadway down. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, but anyway, that's not, that's not exactly what I was trying to say. What I was meaning was we are in service of the thing. 
the music, the 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 audience, the composer mm. in this case, you know, if you're if you're an actor, it's the the character, the playwright, the 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 director, the writer director, whatever. But at the same time, you have to have the ego slash ambition to believe that. A, you should get this position ahead of anybody else because there's a million other people that would do this if you didn't. That's the you know the, one of the great things about our industry is everybody's important, but everybody's replaceable. So you're really special. Your voice should be heard. But if you don't do it, there's somebody else that's going to do it. So it's this is the catch twenty two that's built into this. But um, but also just the fact that people are going to spend money to see you. You know, this is a recording session that they're doing. So people are going to buy tickets. They're going to buy albums. They're going to print. They have a photo shoot. So you have to you have to have ego to do that. And you. Wouldn't be hired if you didn't. So you have to be in service, complete 100%. Give yourself over to this other thing, while also being an egotistic eccentric to believe that you are worthy and you can pull this off. That mm. that that yin and yang it drives everything, and that is to me what's at the center of this, the core. All the other stuff is actually kind of spinning around that and helps spiral it into different dire- directions, and maybe even kaleidoscopes it out into oblivion. But like I think that that as the character study was. That was the hook. That was well, the hook. I'm me. gonna I'm gonna divert you guys for a second because we're we're 40 minutes in, and I want to talk about the sound and uh, cinematography for a second. Yeah, bring it on. Because I mean, we like we've attempted this in films we've made as well, but the fucking cinematography in this just perfected the art of getting this huge set piece and just fixing the camera and letting the scene exist within the set piece. Yeah, and they they didn't move it. Like there were times when they were moving it, but there's a lot of times where like there's one whole fucking scene where you just see the back of people's heads, like you're an audience member. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It fitted perfectly. They like they moved the camera when they had to, and when they didn't, it was completely static, and they existed within the frame. One of my favorite things is when they would shoot from the audience, and I didn't I didn't know if they were in rehearsal or not. I would look like onto the stage in the background and be like, "Are they in rehearsal? Are they over rehearsal?" And I had to like kind of put those pieces together myself. So it was well planned out of when they would do those. Mm. It made it it made it incredibly observational. Yeah, it lacked it lacked it lacked a, a, a forced intimacy. We weren't with a moving camera in her face on a wide lens for most of this film until mm. that breathtaking sequence at the end when she tackles Mark Strong. On oh the my stage. God. <laughs> uh, but th- yeah, there were so many times where the, at the very least the movement was minimal. A lot of times it literally didn't move and it kind of did something, it, two things, obviously your, your performers need to be strong. Your, your actors need to be hmm. strong for you to actually feel like you're just a fly in a room. Yeah. Cause it did this amazing thing by putting you in this fixed location, just in an office like, or in a bedroom yeah, that, or whatever. That can work or not depending it, on your cast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It made you just kind of, and they were good enough so that you kind of just sat still and you stopped expecting. Cause a lot of times like that's a language, it's a cinematic language and it's mm. on. And a lot of times with cinematic language, with more cuts and more camera movement, we begin to anticipate what's going to happen dramatically based on what's happening with blocking with the camera and with the editing. And because he just kind of removed that from this, you kind of just, I felt people just kind of, it's its a slower movie at some points, but I felt a lot of people just kind of sit back because they realized I can't anticipate what's going to happen yeah. next. I and mean, it's because of this But even language. then, the, like the editing was solid. Like oh, there was dude. not a frame yeah, out of absolutely. place in this thing. Yeah, right. And the sound, yeah, like they used, they used the directional sound so well. There was some so motherfucker, yeah. some dickhead with his weird. phone, uh, left his phone on and he got a phone call. And like they'd already played with like directional sound a lot and played with it so well that 
you asked yourself, is that sound real or is she like, is she yeah. just hearing that in her head? And then you're like, wait, am I hearing that? Like it was so subtly embedded. Yeah. I, I um, thought it was like in the, the fucking recorder a at one point and like playing in the back of a scene. And I'm like, is that coming from outside the fucking theater or is that like in the background yeah. of this film? And it, it was so yeah. well placed and it was so well placed when this guy's fucking phone went off. We all thought it was a part of the movie at first, but he didn't put it on silent. <laughs> <laughs> so he got two follow-up fucking messages and at that point everyone's pissed we, we, we pulled out That's briefly funny. and like everyone we kind of like everyone glared at him for a second and then something happened on screen and we we're right back into it so yeah. i mean that's a testament to the film that like you can be pulled I out love, and pulled right back in again i love the long moving sequences of Ju- in juilliard that yeah. the camera like basically almost didn't even exist in the room all of a sudden they're on the ground and i was like did they just do that in one take and then they show up on the stage and Maybe they did do a cutaway, but it's Are like... Are you talking about the uh, the Juilliard scene? Yeah. yeah. So that one... Why is it so important that they do that in one take? It's Because a, they edit it later. I mean... Yeah. yeah. It was... Right? When we're watching it, you just think like, okay, it's still... We're kind of early in the movie. We're learning the language and we got a great actor. And sometimes we just do oners yeah, to do oners, which is not a good reason to do a oner. But then when you see that hatchet job... Yeah, they made it just like, they made you a witness. It, it, it raised they made you a witness. Yeah, yeah. You right. you knew what, really you knew there. exactly really what there. happened there. It was so effective. And then you see a video um, that then the way, inspires half the people in the end, like one of the final scenes, to pick up placards saying supporting her, and half the people to pick up placards saying you go die. Yeah, yeah. and I'll, like that's a By that's way, a great statement she, too. Uh, so. Apparently, anecdotally, they said to us they were joking with each other on a, a festival stage when they were being interviewed that he told her like day of like, by the way, we're going to do this in one 10 minute moving shot. And she was like, who does, okay. who does a 10 like, minute, fuck you. who does a 10 minute one What kind of, <laughs> what, what kind of fucking asshole does he have? Buzzing John. Buzzing John. It does is your whole movie. Dude, I also wanted to tell you guys that this this movie felt like we were in that observational observational space for so long but then i started i wasn't thinking about it too much but i was feeling towards the end jeff i think this is what you're talking about but tell me if i'm wrong the slice of life aspect it got shorter and shorter the cuts yeah, the tiny I, I moments would go with that. yeah i, would do, I, would I go with started that. to feel the pace shift and the intention for lack of a better word for for why we were seeing certain moments yeah, she, of her life she started to spiral she started to spiral and they had already introduced that wonderful theme of being obsessed with noises. And yeah, I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt she was probably already like that. And maybe it was just intensifying. I really I don't think fucking related to that. Like I will wake up in my house. It will fly farts. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Schopenhauer, the, uh, it, you know, he judged intelligence by how sensitive one is to noise. Like, I don't think she was playing that up to seem smart. I think she was starting to snap and, but I think that she already was like that. So yeah. it's a perfect example. You know, we talk about this. I love that they never class. explained who put the fucking metronome in the uh, cupboard. Yeah. Well, it they, was they, never they, explained. They started to do this thing where it, you just, it wasn't realism, even though it's, it seemed like the rest of the film, which as we were saying, was as close to, to a biopic slash a biopic slash documentary, like as like wherever that intersection is, if that's what it kind of felt like for these kind of slice of lifey beginnings. And then later it felt like that, but there's no explanation for that. No. Um, the, there's just like a couple other little things that the are. Kid, the kid was drawing the same yeah. symbols that was in the, the book. Sim- the symbols. The, there was some, yeah. there was some weird shit it. going on there. 
Was it from the girl who eventually? I don't understand. And they I mean, didn't whatever happened it. underground with the dog and where the where the cellist lived, you know, like all of that. Like that's Actually, just it's just well, not realism. Well, we're know? mentioning the cellist, Sophie Cower. I believe Cower, I think her name is, um, as the Russian cellist, um, yeah. was actually performing those pieces. She's yeah, a, I mean, she's a tell. cellist. You look, yeah. you could, you could um, tell. No, she's playing on the concept album they're releasing from the film. They're releasing a concept surprised. album so she, with her so soloing. She was a. Yeah. Uh, she is from Upper UK. And her friend sent <laughs> nice. her the casting notice and said, you know, I wish I could audition for this. You've got to audition. I, I just don't play the cello. And she had never acted before. And so she sent him a self-tape and fucking got the part, taught herself Russian accent with YouTube videos. This is how kids, and I, is how kids ironic, are doing it now, ironically did, way, ironically did way better than Kate Blanchett with a Russian accent. You did better oh. than Kate Blanchett? <laughs> she, she did. Dave, That's throwing some shade. Did. Um, Kate Blanchett, um, Kate Blanchett, was Kate Blanchett good, herself has apologized for that Russian accent. I would say um, Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's it's weird watching her not be good in that movie. <laughs> I would say I would say the conducting is good, and apparently she apparently she actually did conduct the Dresden Orchestra in this. It wasn't quite Big Dick Lenny. It wasn't it wasn't quite, and neither was the piano. No, you know, it's, it's, it's a, okay. It's okay. But look, if I'm being yeah, if I'm being totally honest. I have I have like two script ideas in my head about classical music world and conducting, and I've just well, I've you gotta, always you gotta been too set out the next couple of years with this and Bernstein coming out this well, year. I've always just been too. I know, fuck me, I can't believe it's coming out this year. I've always just been too nervous to put actors in that position, just because I'm afraid it's gonna feel like the first 20 minutes of this movie, where it just kind of sounded like people that didn't know music were talking about music like they knew music. Like that scene between her and Mark Strong at the beginning at the table when he was like, "What did you get out of the notes?" and I was like, "Nobody." Nobody talks like that in the music world. That is, <laughs> that is, in in her her I, conducting I, I don't was follow con- was, all classical music. Do I buzz in for that? Um, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, no, why not? Why not buzz in? But anyway, her conducting, her conducting was was good enough. Let's put it that right. way. Like, I don't think it was distracting. It was. Um, there was surprisingly was, little of it for what it was about. Fuck to, well, good. Yeah. You know, part of me wanted them to never show her actually moving her arms. Like, mm. I, I wanted to see her dealing with the ensembles. I did want to see her talking to them because that's part of the presentation thing. I wanted to see her yeah. doing her shtick. But I was kind of curious. It's in the trailer, so I knew they were going to show some of it. I was kind of curious if they weren't going to show it. Um, But you know what? It was... Uh, didn't matter what ended up happening to her. The, you know, you're, you know, you're watching a movie and it's Kate Blanchett dealing with the, 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 the circumstances of this character that end up pulling you in and you, you are consumed. Yeah. You feel like you want to drown by it's the end of this absolutely thing. Just, compelling story. Oh, let me tell let um, me say this too. Cause to take us just very quickly to comment a little bit on the thing we were talking about earlier, um, to, uh, Nina Haas, who plays Sharon, her partner. Fantastic, yeah. The, yeah. I, I saw, I saw uh, this from somewhere else. Woman. <laughs> First violin, but number two in the bedroom. That's what I something like another Jesus, review. Yeah, there. yeah. I'll I mean, sure. Yeah, take that. <laughs> so the first violinist in every orchestra is considered the concert master. Yeah. Um, as Kate says in this, for a long time, there was, you know, there wasn't a conductor and they just kind of took it off of this person. Um but apparently Nina Haas said something when she was interviewing for the part and it really ignited a lot of a lot of uh, foundation for how they could explore the relationships everyone 
to Tara. And she said, you know, the only thing I think that's missing in my relationship, because she was initially just making an observation about Sharon and Tara, these two women who are in a, they're raising a child together, but it's a little bit open, a little bit not relationship. She said, I think you might be missing. Yeah. Yeah. She said to Todd Fields, I think you might be missing the fact that Sharon is getting something out of this too. She's compliant in some way. Everybody wants a little bit of, or a lot of the genius. They want that, that thing. They want to be connected to it. They want to be mm. used to, to be a part of that next level art that I think you were yeah, talking about earlier. I, I feel like that whole speech about the transactional relationship. Leans it into was that. beautiful. Yeah. So I'm just trying to. Ma- it just made me think about uh, filmmaking wise, writing wise, that theme when she kind of pointed that out in this. I think it becomes clear because um, the transactional relationship speech speaks to part of it directly, but it also kind of made me think about the beginning of this movie. All of us as audience members were totally compliant in thinking this genius, awesome female composer conductor deserves all of my respect. I'm going to laugh at her jokes. I'm going to laugh at her sexual advances. I'm going to assume she's right when she's saying anything, even if she's a bit of an asshole. And I started to realize that, you know, we were doing it too. There is something, there is something innately, or at least we've been conditioned to think societally, there is something innately attractive about people who, who do something really well. Mm. And it's just, yeah. it, in a way, it's a trap. I, wonder, and I, just, I just was really, really well, I, uh, enamored with that but, question. But I, that I, I wonder, and I wonder if people are going to catch themselves because there are going to be people, maybe including the people that were sitting in front of me that said that at the end of the movie, who will say, well, she got what she deserved. And they're going to, they're going to, they're not even going to have to forgive themselves for being seduced by the brilliance. Because it's like they stay, they sever yeah, that they, tie they so they were quickly. They never on her side. That, yeah, that they're well, well, they were, they were, they just, they, they, they would never, they don't want to admit that to themselves. They, they were the, they were the, they were the people who picked up yeah. the other, the die placards in the, uh, after the YouTube well, video. The, came I out. mean, yeah. these are the, these are the, these are the people that say like, oh, if I were alive in Arkansas, you know, back in the day, I would have. There's I, no way I would have been raised. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, no, it's, like, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> discussion. It's like I, I have one, maybe two pieces of evidence. You're guilty. Well, it's like, oh yeah, forget about the fact that they were seduced by that. They were like, oh, she's this fucker, yeah. done. You know yeah. what I mean? And then uh, they, they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to confront the burden of guys. Michael Jackson did those things. He did them, and you keep listening to the music. Okay, so again, I'm not being political here, but like, there is nuance. There is nuance. So to anybody who thinks, well, boy, is YouTube coming well, at us. She did it, so blank. <laughs> Guys, he did. You yeah. can't even. I, I, no. I'm using him no, as the example no. and not anybody else because there's a million examples. But he's a good example because if he was alive right now, we would not be listening to his music. But or because he's dead, we no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Would, would we? Or, no, no, people were still listening to his music after those allegations. Like there was, yeah, there was still multi platinum yeah, albums yeah, released I don't after that. We forget. Sometimes I, 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 listen, I played a Michael Jackson people, song in public yesterday. So, so I'm, I'm happy to turn a blind eye to like an entertainer. Yeah, nobody else. Yeah. Well, not all entertainers. That we love tearing some down, but that's one where we. True. So anyway, again, my only political statement is there's well, always she made that, and I, it's always dude, I know what you mean. And, and again, I can't. Uh, look, she was. She was mean in the Juilliard scene, mm. no, no doubt about it. Um, I don't harsh, know, harsh, harsh for sure. Jeff, you know, we I have been a little whiplashed by some teachers in the artistic community before, and 
some people respond better to that than others. It, yeah. It's always been something that me personally, I kind of like being able to create some kind of conflict. So I, I, it doesn't, it has never bothered me in the same personal sense, but I have been bothered for people who I've been able to observe are not responding well to really intense uh, delivery of criticism. Some people just don't respond well to that. And at the same time, there were things that she said that I found like, you, you, there's got to be a piece of us that acknowledges some of the truth in, well, in, in well, what she's that's, saying. That's the thing that you should consider she made, with anyone. Like, how that right are they? last comment she made about a... Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. The, so, so that last comment she made about the... I'm going to misquote, and it was such a beautifully written line about when you assume so much ego that you basically like blot out anybody else's experience you know think about all the ways that you're closing off any kind of inspiration or influence on yourself and to the rest of the world when you start putting people in these little capsules um now of course there was a lot of controversial stuff that happened in that scene she said a lot of things uh we're also dealing with a, a new time and a younger generation that that might feel more comfortable just saying, I don't care if Bach is good. I'm not going to let him influence me. Um, and I, I also I also did like that he raised the question, I guess Todd Fields raised the question that she kind of just gave up at the end of that. Not, I didn't feel like it affected her. She was just like, well, fuck this shit. But she also yeah. kind of was like, whatever, I mean, run away. There you go. It doesn't really matter. It is a, it is a very good question about do we separate the actions from the art? Uh, and I mean, this comes on the day that Bill Murray might be edited out of his first Marvel appearance ever as well. Uh, cause there's been allegations yeah. leveled against him on like three films now, including Ant-Man Quantumania, where he apparently has his first appearance in the MCU and he may actually be cut from the movie depending on how the discussion goes. I don't want to get goes. too in the weeds here, yeah. but he got, he's like sexual stuff. Yeah, some of the some of the, the, there right. was an actual payout involved, so it it went to settlement. Okay, uh, on a previous okay. film, not this, not partic not particularly Ant Man. I'm not sure if that was if any of that happened on Ant Man because I'm pretty sure Disney would just throw you the fuck out if that happened. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I did find it. I did. I also found it interesting that and again, I don't want to like it's dangerous to try to draw these super conclusions. So it's just it's just an observation that you know a lot of that room she was talking to were women and or people of color uh in the in the directing in the conducting fellows uh not necessarily the musicians on stage um there were all these wonderful themes of the way they talked initially about inclusivity equity and her you know in that initial interview the the ideas introduced of this this fellowship that she started the accordion fellowship which you know very specifically tries to bring women conductors into guest conducting and full-time positions in orchestras around the world. And then you saw her very clearly. At one point, she literally says, let's abandon that and let's open it up to, to anyone. And then you also saw her beginning to kind of take on this, this uh, disinterest yeah. in those causes. And I've, I've, I, again, I don't want to deduce anything, but part of me did wonder, like, are we watching this person step into a role of power? And traditionally, in most of the Western world, these roles of power were held by men who act like this. And therefore, that's the way you play this role. Like, I just couldn't, mm. I started to just think about it. It was, it was really complex. And I mean, I bought it. I bought it. it all, and that's why it was so tragic yeah. for me 
when she had her fucking medal around her neck and she was watching that tape yeah. of Leonard Bernstein and she was a kid again, just crying. That was fucking me in middle school, just fucking bawling, listening to this person talk about music and what it can do and what she could do with it and how she could influence the world. It was just, God, that, that just, that, that, uh, that tilt, the way it eventually just brought her, not, not like the, what was happening to her from outside necessarily, but what was happening to her as an artist was more interesting to me at, at certain points than what the protesters and the scandal was doing to her professionally. I saw her realize that like, I'm not really going to be able to do what I want to do anymore. And that's sad. And I don't know, but again, I just, these things are hard to talk about. These things are hard to talk about. It's <laughs> Well, I guess that's as good a time of any to start winding this down. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to make one more comment about sound, yeah. Dave, because you, yes. you brought it up. There were so many effective uses of no sound. Oh, yeah. There were so many times where the what we call the production sound in the backgrounds dissolved away mm -hmm. very intentionally. Yeah. And we were in, in an environment where they had been established and then they're not there anymore suddenly or a little bit slowly. And it just started making you, it made you listen differently when you were experiencing yeah. this film. Also, it, it's a really it, good gauge it, on how much <laughs> everyone is enjoying it because in my theater, not a fucking peep. Like everybody was just held. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Actually, and I, the only person who couldn't stop himself was clearly there were some music majors sitting in front oh, of us because no. this guy was scoffing a lot and he was making noises to his girl. He was like, come on, come on, blah, blah, blah. He was talking a little bit of shit. Music majors. I get it. We're still actors and we're trying to pretend what you're doing. Try to be in a doctor and watching network television. You know, you're going to, you're going to drive yourself insane. Just, just. Or, or somebody who works for the New York city yeah. police watching law and order. And they just can't, they, they, yeah, they like, close that, that every, case. they close every case and they're sitting every there at home. They're like, happen. how does he close every single case? How did, how, how did the IA not get can, called for all the times he beat someone in the face lawyers yeah, uh, anyway. doctors firemen yeah these people can't uh, watch the one question yeah, I did have, Chicago fire the one question <laughs> i have about like uh right in the end when she tackled the conductor and oh, again, one of, not realism uh, yeah, not realism uh, yeah like, but also like um i mean who doesn't want to do that secretly but anyway exactly uh, that's that should have been joyous <laughs> for us musical to theater a lot that, but it wasn't <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, in including <laughs> Dude, just how's your show going that you're working it, on right it now? It closed on Saturday. It was great. It was awesome. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Um, nice. And I am now friends with the conductor. So, but um, no, the there was a, a quick section just after that after they walked her off, and one of the guy one of the guys in the orchestra had made a like a T on the score, and I didn't know what it meant. And I'm wondering, does anyone know what it meant? He like marked uh, the score. It, but it was like the Honestly, fifth. It was like the fifth measure. I think that's just where they stopped. I don't know. What do you I think? think that I think he was just marking. That's where it happened. Okay. I think. Well, I think what weird led to believe is that it happened five measures into this piece. She just like walked out right. right oh, that's just it? that's brilliant. Because I thought it was the first page. Because right? this whole thing was. So I also I also want to drop a little that, bit that, of that uh, trumpet. That trumpet doesn't open the Mahler five though so i yeah it does. i, I want it, it, it opens it oh well then there it's you go literally the first sound that you hear i also wanted to just talk so very the guy didn't even start that. playing yeah <laughs> he's just they, they were all listening to the trumpet she tackles this guy and they didn't even fucking play their instruments and he goes, they played well. their first two notes but also but also but, but also but also dave it's a placeholder for when you go back to it okay so basically what he's saying he's like well this is when where we, we restart yeah, this is where it happened yeah okay, I, cool. I start back up again from here 
So basically, like, moving okay, on. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure mention... if that had relevance, and it had so much relevance, I missed I think completely. So. I think so. It yeah. also may have been T for Tar, but I think he was also just marking, like, this is where it happened. I, I know it's where it happened, but uh, yeah. I also thought it was interesting that they chose five, and she talks about the Fifth Symphony oh, yeah. quite a bit at the beginning and gives you some context, but um, any people who are obsessed with Mahler kind of... He was working with a lot of different influences throughout the, the main part of his career where he wrote most of his symphonies. And it is kind of neatly divided when he meets and marries Alma before she ends up going with somebody else, another genius portrait portrait artist. Uh, but five is generally regarded as... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't back that up. It's generally regarded <laughs> as being... It, as opening the first movement, people refer to it as the procession. It's a funeral procession. So, so they made a requiem mass, or they made a mass reference in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and okay. she, remember, she was talking about at the end, like how Leonard interpreted it with, you know, sadness and pathos, and she was infusing love into it. And I just thought the irony of that was so wonderful that she was trying to, she was trying to put interpretation and, and intent into this very dark you know, tragic subject matter and the music also ended up being a part of, of the parallel, the commentary on what ate her alive, which is that you, mm. you're a fucking liar. <laughs> if you think, <laughs> you know, like that's, and the, it was a brilliant direction. Like I thought that was uh, really cool, but she was trying to turn the piece on its head, but ended up having a big, a big uh, musical commentary on what, what was happening in her life. And I thought that was really effective. Mm. Uh, so anyone who you don't have to know that, but if you know Mahler's symphonies, I thought it was really interesting they used. I'm glad five, I asked. Out of all the ones they could have used, I mean, you know these right. things are carefully chosen. Okay, we, last thing too is that uh, Francesca, who was her assistant, was in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is in our second yes. ever yes. episode. That's where I saw her. Oh my god, that was Portrait what? What our, our second what episode? Second episode. Our second she's episode. Wonderful. Yeah, she's um, fantastic. Amazing, amazing. That was yeah. Nina Haas, dude. Her Sharon was yeah. so fucking good. What else? So good. Yeah. What else do I know her from besides Homeland? There's something else that she did that I just click, can't click on her, dude. I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, I was you want to click on? I was, I was looking at. I was looking <laughs> yeah, at somebody Jeff else. Jeff, don't click on anything. Um, <laughs> Phoenix, Most Wanted Man, Barbara Yella. I guess Jack Ryan. I watched the Jack Ryan series. In assuming yeah, she was in the was she in the first season of that or just the? I don't know. I don't think I know. I don't think I had ever. I thought like I she has one of those her. faces where I feel like I've seen her in something, but I couldn't like super place it. She's in thirteen episodes of Homeland. Uh, it's got to be that. I kind of gave up on Homeland, so maybe I didn't see that. Anyway, I hmm. know um, oh, she just seemed familiar. Okay, I guess this is time. Time for us to wind it down. Do you guys think we should uh, encourage people, not just for movies in general, but do you think this is one that you should try to see in the theater? I yeah, think so. Exactly. I think, I, I think it's going to bore people at home. It's it's pretty long. It's two and a half hours plus. And I actually saw all the previews. So I was in there for three hours. It's a long haul. And I think at home, you're going to watch those first two sequences and you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm in for a long night. You know what I mean? It's, whereas if you go out to the theater, I think you commit to that time differently. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the, the whole social thing of you're going to kind I mean, of feel this what is, your audience is This isn't limited release now, fine. but given given the yeah. crowds that it got, it's going to get a full release. Yeah. Actually, no, that's a good point for both of you, though. The the, the crowd being uncomfortable with other people, I think, is, is helpful. Whereas if you're at home and you don't feel that discomfort, then it's just going to sit yeah. differently with you. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and the, you might be tempted the, to the like, look up 
what are yeah. people saying about this movie? Like, or, or, or just, yeah, just the, or if you're uncomfortable, just check in, out. The vibe in the crowd actually put me in a very receptive state for this. So I highly recommend seeing this with other people. Um, this is not a uh, this is not a huge leap, but my last statement on this movie is: I think we may have just seen an Academy Award winning. Oh hell yeah! Performance. I, I mean, it would be it would be it would be number three, but she's got to be a front runner for right now. I mean, this yeah. is like a yeah, career. Is, I keep saying career defining performance, and this is Kate. I mean, Blanchett. I also would like to weigh on in on that. Yes, I think she yeah. might. We're gonna have to see something pretty impressive. It's just one of those roles yeah. that's gonna be hard to I mean, write. A lot, of, a lot of people <laughs> like, who have films in post production right now are going, "Oh fuck!" Well, no, no, not well. Just because we're talking, just because we're talking about the Academy Awards, and you know, I love the Academy Awards. Um, this is one of those movies that current audiences don't want us to recognize for the Academy Awards. Not, forget about like the the topics that it's discussing. They they want mm. they want either something that's gonna I, I don't know they, they don't they don't want this. They, they, I, I have a feeling. I don't want to. I don't want to oversell they, it. They right might now, fucking but. get it though. Like this, this, this is too one good. Though, where I see it's it's one of those ones that's too good to ignore. It not winning anything else. Yeah. I mean, do you I know would, what I mean? Like I, I know because I know what you mean, Jeff. Completely different kind of movie. But last year, um, oh my god, what was the Jane Campion movie called? <laughs> what was the the, the Power Cowboy of the movie? Dog? Power of the Dog. Woman director saying fuck you to westerns, gay love story. The f you to um to Sam. Why am I losing all their names? Low voice guy that said like that it was like a wussy western. Neil, not Neil. Uh, Sam uh, Edward. Sam. Sam. Uh, the Sam, the right? guy who narrates the Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah Sam, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And me, meanwhile, all the Sergio Leone movies. We're cinema podcast and, people. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> with what the fuck's his name? He was nominated for uh, *Star Is Born*. Okay, anyway. Um, and people were like, "Well, this isn't good for our time." And I was like, it's, "I don't know. It's a pretty brilliant movie." And she, it's an awesome female director is taking westerns and turning them gay. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, this movie might not be as progressive as some other movies that might, people might want to pr- promote for the moment. But at the same time, sometimes you just have to say, this is brilliant. This is this, yeah. is, this is the best performance of the year. Is it the best movie or the best script? Well, I don't know. I guess it could be litigated for a couple of months. But, and but, like people have seen Kate Blanchett do a lot of stuff. And for everyone to go, this is, this is it. This is the one. Like and I yeah I I would wholeheartedly agree yeah. like she became someone else I thought this was a fucking biopic she was that good okay which is so yeah. good in it Dave you're totally right dude yeah. that like I've been thinking a lot about this recently I'm making a documentary right now and you know we talk a lot about these things but when fiction is done really really well it can be more honest yeah than anything come on Mark can, Twain right Mark Twain. Truth, Truth is, is stranger always than stranger than fiction. <laughs> fiction has to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. But so like right. when you do fiction as well as truth, then all of a sudden it's just confusing. It confuses you in a way that I think is very productive. Okay. Sorry. We're finally getting yes. into our final segment of the night, which is what you, what you've been watching. Watch Dave, we always like to start with you to give us your recommendations or not of the week. What have you been watching? I can't remember when I watched this. It might have been after we did the the last podcast. Have I talked about Werewolf by Night? You mentioned. Nope, you didn't. It's the uh, Marvel so. Marvel's first venture into like horror, and they went fucking old school, and it's amazing. Like sure. it's black and white. There's a lot of practical effects. There's like werewolves and monsters, and 
fucking uh they a superhero somewhere in there yeah they introduced elsa bloodstone but uh she she almost becomes secondary to the story which is great it's it's kind of like an origin yeah. story how she gets the bloodstone um so it's it's a perfect introduction to the character which i assume is going to come up later if and when they finally you know make blade um because that's on hold again at the moment because they just lost their director wow. um but the the dark monster side of marvel is starting to come out now uh and mm. i am i absolutely love the style of this thing it's it's done like an old monster movie like right down to the like black and white the opening credits the like yeah it's it's just they really went gung-ho with the old style and it nice. really worked for them uh cool. there's it's kind of funny um yeah and i also i went i mentioned this once before uh on uh, netflix the cowboy bebop series which is the mm-hmm. live action of the animated series and i watched one episode of it and i was like this sucks and i was stuck for something to watch on the train so i put it on it gets so much better and so much cooler i should not have stopped after one episode fuck me for stopping after one episode i should have kept watching it just gets so much better and fun Wow. Yeah. Cool. I was wrong. I was wrong. I have uh, not. I don't think I'm caught up. I was I was working all weekend, so I don't think I've caught up on Rings of Power. Um, I have not but either. I did sit down and I watched all of Andor. I'm and so behind. It's really, really good. Yeah. You're behind? It's, uh, it's really, really, not, really good. I, it's dude, surprisingly I'm doing a fucking good. show. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize that... Um, so I love Tony Gilroy. I yeah. think he's a wonderful writer, and he, when he does get to direct, I think he's he's a he's always a strong director. But he's a wonderful writer, and you know, I didn't know it was his show. I knew he wrote Rogue One, so I didn't. I knew Andor yeah. was from come Rogue on, One. I just pay, didn't realize. I mentioned Tony Gilroy. Talk, come on, I'm pay sure attention did, to me during but, uh, my segment. No, but this is refreshing. It's not. Um, I don't want Tony Gilroy to not do, in you know entertainment for adults that has nothing to do with these universes i i don't want him to only do this but it did it does show you that like you give serious people mm. who make serious content you put them in these existing ips and let them do their thing something really special can happen well rogue one is in my opinion is one of the best star wars films outside of yeah totally it's yeah definitely the best of the new ones yeah and this is the only series i've watched that um like all the way through because I really haven't, I didn't finish everything from Mando, and I haven't watched any of Obi Wan, so I don't want to like judge the series. But come on, you gotta support Chris. Movies, what is this up with you? I know, I know, I know. With all these movies and everything that have been coming out, and this whole new acquisition, and Disney's just you know leaning into as much as they can. Yeah. Um, Chris actually told me, not gonna out the actual numbers and stuff, but they may have been shorted a little bit on how much material they're gonna get to make because of some behind the scenes reasons with budgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the numbers aren't as as good as they need to be. Disney, I think it is aimed more at adults. Disney is kind of scaling back. Show with their kids. A lot of a lot of stuff that used to be a Marvel series is now going to be a Marvel event in the style of Werewolves by Night. Um, they're just going to do one long episode, and so you're going to get a lot more Marvel anyway, event stuff. Wait, wait, interesting. Andor's numbers aren't good enough. Supposedly. And you know what? I feel like we might pretty... end up editing this out because I should probably ask Chris if it's okay that I say that on fucking air. But well, uh, let, let, let me let me look them up on a different device to see if that's public or not. Yeah. Anyway, so Dave's, great... got, Dave's got work to do tonight. <laughs> yeah, Damn it. Sorry. 
Um, but it's really, really good. You better I was text really, him the second really we stop recording. <laughs> yeah, we should send it to him. Anyway, whatever. I'm watching that. No, no, no. no. This is, uh, we're good. We're good. First and or audience demand numbers show significant decline from previous Star Wars series. Ep- Andor appears to be a viewership flop on Disney Plus. Okay, so we're okay. good, Chris. Well, it's for one, knowledge now. that's a fucking shame because it yeah, is it really good. Of, uh, it kind of reminds me of what was happening when. <laughs> sorry to make a comedic comparison, but Thirty Rock was super critically acclaimed and had a very passionate audience, but it never did very well. Mm. Like in terms of its numbers, they had trouble selling yeah. selling certain ad time and never got to that office place even though it won tons of awards and was very acclaimed within the industry and within the, you know, the community that did yeah. show up every week. Controversial opinion. I didn't like it. Things. I think it's just, third, fuck you. I think this is just a really, <laughs> where did my thing go? This is a smart show that is, one of you said it last week, that it's like Star Wars for adults. And, and it is, man. It's oh, kind come of, on. it's what somebody, it's what somebody like me has been Dude, waiting for. Like I just my system. We're really? still reco- we're still recording though, right? On on something. Sure, on Zoom. Yeah. Are oh, we still recording? Dave's Dave's out. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm still here. Jeff, what you got, dude? I hit the buzzer twice. Well, you know, um, <laughs> okay. I've been watching some Yankees baseball. I got um, I watched the Jagged documentary. I just really wanted to see some Jagged Little Pill. Apparently, Alanis Morissette doesn't like it. She thought the director uh, and her were going in a different direction. Hmm. I will say. Um, I, I mean, I have to respect that, of course. She does interview a lot, so I get to hear her voice. So the way that it's presented, for some reason, something about the interviews and then the way it was presented, she didn't necessarily like. But I got to hear from her a lot, and I liked all the clips, and I liked hearing all the songs, and I kind of liked to see how the tour got going. So um, if if I had her copy, I would have watched it, but I just I wanted what I had, and I, I liked it. So, Jagged, that's on HBO Jagged Little Pill, basically that like two year, three year period of Alanis's life is what it focuses on. Um, I'm behind on Rings of uh, no, I, I finished Rings of Power. I I it, it is good, and I'm very happy for the next season. I just, they got to figure out this dialogue writing. The dialogue writing gets me more and more mad every single week. <laughs> I'll just say this in the finale because I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I'm not kidding. And John and Dave, when you watch it, you have to text me and tell me I'm right. Three different <laughs> characters in the finale in one episode say. You once told me, and then they oh, no. and then they say like three different times in the finale. They're like, "You once told me that if I was ever in need, I can come to you." You once said to me that the Elvish lords were the, three different characters say. You, you once, once told, told me, me if I just put the tip in, I won't get pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> geez, <that's... laughs> so so when you when you have stuff like that, that's so obviously exposition that they're like dying to. <laughs> what, what it yeah, means yeah. is that it, what it, what, to me, what it means is that they knew they cut corners. And they, they didn't get the climax that they wanted. That's what she said. So they're they're trying to they're trying to beef them up. And this was this was a gripe that I had a week or two ago. There's another one. I'm sorry to do this really quick, but um, uh, the second to last episode, uh, the dwarf says like Elrond is as much of a brother as if he had been fired in my own mother's womb. I'm starting the gripe timer. Also, but also okay, fine. But also, um, no, he's not. We watched this whole show, and the whole point was that they're just like old friends that like needed to rekindle the friendship. They're not brothers that have been fired in each that other's. Scene, nothing about that. That scene and then, was a little and then, weird. Are you ready? The dad says, "I'm going to say it just straight. How dare you invoke your mother's memory to defend your decision to betray your own kind, son? No, it's you that's betrayed your own kind." 
they're just saying plot. This is a, f a fight between father and son, and they're just saying plot with feeling. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not good writing. It so, also like, didn't help that they 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 kind of screamed that entire scene. That scene because what else were they supposed to do? There was nothing. There was nothing. That was oh, in the sorry. second to last. That, that was in the second to last episode. I love how just Jeff just automatically went into gripe mode. Like at the drop of a hat. But no, and the, here's the, the reason I'm the reason I'm griping about Raisy Power is because it's so good. Yeah. They even do what I they have a brief segment of what I think they should have done with Bran in in Game of Thrones, where they do this sort of trippy thing. They, wow. I'm, not, I'm not giving anything away, but they like do a little thing, and I was like, yes, that's what Game of Thrones should have done. And then you see the the words that they say. It's just it's just it's too bad. It's too bad because mm. the yeah the story's Dialogue's great. Tough. The story's great, but the dialogue. We're Harfoots. Somebody goes, we're Harfoots. We, and then they just explain what Harfoots are. And it's like, nobody would ever actually say that. You know, it's just like, it's just kind of a bummer that people watching it is like, well, that's what people say and do in movies. And I was like, not good movies. You know, I just, anyway, that's just me. <laughs> Jeff, um, I wish you had a job where you were just like in the room where people were like, Jeff, what do you think of this? And you can just shit on people's I just shit on people's Okay, just, uh, yeah, no, you need... They're going to say, why don't you write your own thing? And I would say, You, you need point. to watch the final episode of She-Hulk right now. Is it just uh, bad writing? Is that why you're saying No, that? it's it's fucking amazing. The whole thing, turns out, was basically a uh, Kevin Feige and the writers trolling the internet. It's amazing. Oh, cool. it, oh, like, funny. it goes so fucking meta, you are not ready for it. Oh, good, good, good. All yeah. right, well, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry to have griped about this because it's a good show. I can't wait for you to finish it. Tar. 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 Why'd you say it like Tar. Christopher Walken? Tar. Um, Tar. All right, we got to wrap amazing, this up. guys. Thank Ow. you so much. We'll see you on the next side. Dave, I hope we didn't screw your system up. And um, take it easy, Phil. Yeah, I'm sure we can work around that. <laughs>